Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way everyone and welcome to the first episode of Children of Erte. Thank you so much for being here, for being patient. As you know, sometimes you have a little bit of technical roughness at the beginning, but we are here and we are so excited to begin this show for you. So I'll send it over to Adam to uh, get us set up here. Yeah, we have some incredible sponsors here tonight. So let's uh, do a shout out for all of them first. We have Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms, Yay. which is a D&D strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. So you can unlock an Electrum chest with the code that you see on the overlay, or I am sure it is floating around in chat as well. So <laughs> grab that Electrum chest and unlock some great characters there and have a grand old time in Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. We also have Die Hard Dice, who has supplied our cast here with some beautiful math rocks <laughs> to help us bring this story Listen. to life here. And so uh, you can get 10% off a Die Hard Dice order with the code Erte. no accent on that one. I don't think it takes it in the code <laughs> thing, but um, Erte, that code will get you 10% off an order and also pay attention to chat because we will be giving away, I think a couple of $25 gift cards here tonight. So, uh, so stay tuned into chat. Uh, plugged in there and, and you'll see that pop up as well. And finally, tonight you'll hear the dulcet tones of Sirenscape because Epic Games need epic sound. So I am Adam <laughs> Bradford. I am the CDO of Demiplane and you can find me at, um, at Bad Eye Adam on Twitter because it uh, is hard for me to find time to read things longer than <laughs> tweets. Uh, so you can find me there. Um, we are working on several things here at Demiplane that are a lot of fun to talk about. And since we are so late, I won't talk about them for now and I'll let everybody else start to introduce themselves. Uh, awesome. Hey, everybody. I'm Alicia Marie. You can find me on any socials anywhere at Alicia Marie Body. I am a costume artist, creator, cosplayer, and of course, an RPG performer. And this is my first time on Demi Plane. So I'm so <laughs> excited to be playing with these people. I love my dice. They're amazing. And I'm just ready to roll. So I'll just move on to the next. <laughs> 
Hi, I am Jen Kretschmer. You can find me on Twitter as at DreamWisp. You can find me streaming on Twitch as DreamWisp Jen. Uh, I am an author. I have written on Candlekeep Mysteries for D&D, um, Starfinder, uh, Haunted West, a bunch of things. I'm also an actor. I am a, um, I don't know, I do all sorts of weird things. This <laughs> <laughs> Friday, you can find me playing some One Night Strahd with an incredible cast. We just announced this. Um, the information will be on Twitter. Hi, I'm Lauren Urban. I'm the content coordinator over at Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. I'm also a professional oboist and I do a lot of D&D stuff. You can find me on Twitter as Oboe Lauren and I'm just excited to have blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> and hi everybody, my name is Hope Lavelle. You can follow me on Twitter at the Hope Lavelle. I am a motion capture performer by day and in the D&D community, you might know me best as Penelope Halfpint. Uh, but now uh, we have a new character to bring to the screen. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Wonderful. And I'm Deborah Ann Wool. I'm an actor, a writer, an RPG gamer and storyteller. <laughs> and I'm so happy to be starting this series with all of you. So please, everyone at home, make yourselves comfortable and settle in for the first chapter of Children of Erte. Now, this story is going to begin in a world not unlike our own. Many of it will be recognizable, familiar to all of you. You begin on a train station. It's not very busy. There's quite a few people coming around. You've seen a, a number of trains coming through the station. It's a fairly old fashioned train station. It's open air, but it has a, a high domed glass roof above it. You can hear some birds outside, but there's also a little chill to the air as it is December and winter is upon us. You have made your way to the station, found a comfortable seat because you all received a ticket from the Northland Heritage Line to take the Starlight Special, which is a very, um, a luxury train trip through the Northern Wildlands. Uh, you get to go on exciting excursions. It's all inclusive with fine dining and uh, uh, you get to learn a little bit about train travel and the history of trains uh, while you are on this trip. So let's start with all of you on the platform here. Um, Adam, tell us a little bit about what we see when we first encounter your character. So you see a man in his late 40s, early 50s maybe, sitting on a rail, leaned up against a wall, and he <laughs> is reading a comic book. He's got glasses and a hat that belong probably belongs to some minor league team that you know nothing about uh he's wearing a hoodie cargo shorts even though no matter how cold it is he's wearing cargo shorts yes they're very and, handy uh, he has some retro jordans that look brand new cool and uh he's got an overstuffed backpack sitting at his feet <laughs> and next to that you see that there is a hard plastic case with a handle on it and inside that, there is a basketball, of all things. Um, and there's a guitar case leaned up against the wall behind him. And the, the, the only other thing that you, you notice is he is talking to a kid that must have wandered away from his parents. But he's not talking to the kid like most adults talk to children. He's really at ease. He's mm. answering questions. He's, he's laughing and he is smirking a lot. 
<laughs> so uh, somewhere probably stuffed in the you know front pocket of that overstuffed backpack is your your ticket for the Starlight Special. Can you tell us a little bit about who Silas is by how he got his ticket? How does he happen to be here on this trip? Yeah, so uh, if you're in that stretch of the station, you can't quite make out what the kid is saying but you can just make out Silas's end of the conversation because he's pretty loud. <laughs> Do your parents know where you are? What? Ah, it's, uh, it's fables. Uh, it's a book about characters from fairy tales and folklore that were exiled from where they belong and, and they're living here in the modern world with us, but they're in secret. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, it, it it's too adult themed for you. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give it a few years on that one, buddy. Where did I get my ticket? You are precocious, kid. Precocious means you act older than you actually are. Because you're what, like eight? Ten, ten. I'm so, so sorry. So sorry. No, me did not mean to to level a slight at you there. Uh, it's it's fine. I, I'll tell you. I don't have anything to hide from you anyway. Um, my pops, that's my grandfather. He uh, he recently passed away. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> Tr Trust me, you're not going to know what to say when people say that, even as you get older. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a great guy, favorite person, really. Um, and um, he left me everything. And so uh, he, know, he knew that I was a collector. Well, yeah, I mean, all, all sorts of things, but mainly action figures. People say this kind of stuff all the time, but like, I think I actually have the largest action figure collection in the world. No, like, no, really. I'm not just making this up, but yeah. No, <laughs> no, your parents shouldn't even be letting you speak to a stranger like this right now, much less come home with them to see their action figure collection. <laughs> Honestly, kid, wow. Anyway, my pops. So I went to his place last week, catalog, box up everything, ship it to my store, and I uh, saw this ticket. So I had no idea what it actually was, no idea whatsoever what it was. So I looked it up online, looked pretty gnarly. Are you excited about it? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So Pops had this thing about foxes. And I saw this fox stamp on there and I was really intrigued. And I don't know, I thought it'd be a good way to, I don't know, honor him or something maybe. Does yours have a fox stamp? Oh, of course. Of course you don't have your ticket with you. It's with your parents, which you probably should be with too. Yeah, like you need, you need to leave. Like seriously, find them. Where are they even? All right. Yeah, run along. But... Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, kid, I've got some other books in the bag that are more age appropriate. So find me on the train. I'll hook you up. Mm -hmm. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. <laughs>
Fantastic. So as Silas goes back to reading his comic books, um, just off in the distance, you can hear just the faintest train whistle as the train begins to come near, approach the station. So then we have Alicia sitting okay. off to the, to the side. <laughs> yes. What do we, what do we make of Alicia when we first see, of Alicia, of uh, Feruza when we first see her? Okay, I do have a lot to say about Feruza, so feel free to cut me off. Um, <laughs> you, so you're looking over near like the doorway where there's like a, a bench, a train mm -hmm. bench sitting, and you see a long, lean, very sort of slightly built woman sitting on it. She has brown skin and long silvery gray hair pulled back into a ponytail. And her hair color is really sort of juxtaposed to her face, which appears to be in like her mid 20s. So it's kind of... Huh contrasting she's wearing black rim glasses um, can't picture it I don't yeah. Know, yeah i just can't see it for some reason um she's wearing black rim glasses and even under the glasses you can tell she has really piercing turquoise eyes which is a, a weird color but she's just sort of this like long lean gangly type um at the moment though her eyes are sort of intently looking at the bottom of a black stiletto shoe and she's holding it in her hands and she's studying the shoe and on her face is this look of puzzled disgust and she reaches over to <laughs> her messenger her black messenger bag sort of briefcase thing and she fishes around and pulls out a tissue and she begins to wipe furiously on the bottom of the shoe like what gosh what is this <laughs> She just looks disgusted. From your perspective, you can tell that it's probably chewing gum. <laughs> the woman um, that you see, she screws her face up and she sort of says, um, she throws the tissue in the rubbish bin and she stands up to put the shoe back on her foot. But now that she's unfolded, you can take in her full height. In the heels, which are probably like three inches, she's probably about six, four in the heels. Without the heels, probably about Six one, um, and for lack of better terms, I know tall people hate these terms, but she's definitely <laughs> lanky and gangling. Um, all of her physical characteristics make her really interesting looking, but clothing-wise, she's super understated. She has a white button-down shirt, black like slim pants, and you know black suspenders on. Kind of like it looks like it's probably her style to wear like men's look sort of. Yeah. The only piece of jewelry she has on is a. Um, delicate necklace that's sort of spiked, but it has these like inlaid turquoise, turquoise gems. Um, and that's what you can see because her shirt is sort of just opened up to expose her collarbone a little bit. Wow. She sits back down on the bench, sort of brushes off her pants, <laughs> picks up, <laughs> picks up a, a, a thing that probably has tea in it or coffee and pulls out what you can see looks to be a, um, a law review journal issue of a magazine. And she sits back, looks around at everyone on the platform, and then looks back at the magazine and begins turning the pages. So in that same valise where you're keeping all of your, your briefcase, all of your fancy things, you've pulled your law magazine out of that. Um, probably there's your ticket sort of stashed somewhere in one of those pockets in there. Can you tell us a little bit how, how did Farusa happen to be here? How did she receive her ticket? Okay, this is how I um, picture it. Um, it's Monday morning, 7.30 p.m. <laughs> Manhattan, New York City. Um, 
you're in a pre-war brownstone building in New York's Chelsea district, which is really nice. Um, I just arrived home from work after a long day in court. I'm 26. I'm only a junior lawyer at Whitman and Watkins Law, but I'm getting major play and I'm allowed to be a second a lot of times in court lately these days. So I'm really excited about how things look for me in my future. So I unlock the door in my apartment, which is a third floor walk up, drop the mail on my hall table. I kick <laughs> off my heels, part of my uniform, and I walk into my kitchen to say hi to Frederick, who is my five-year-old yellow, white and yellow umbrella cockatoo. Um, he barks, <laughs> he barks, he barks at me in response. <laughs> um, that's a long story. I'll explain that later. <laughs> at the moment, Frederick's sort of sitting outside his cage, which is a little concerning. But then I remember that Esther, my neighbor upstairs, is a retired zoologist. And sometimes she comes in, brings Frederick's best friend and the love of his life, her um, two-year-old Yorkie named Eloise, who doesn't Aww. stop barking. So that's, he learned to speak her language. I get it. I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. And she probably <laughs> let Frederick out. So that's probably why he's walking around the apartment. Walk over to my fridge, pour myself a glass of rosé, and I return back to my hall table to check on my mail. There's a strange envelope in here. Yes. Silver. What is this? Huh. Toss the bills aside. It's never good anyway. <laughs> Opens the em- open the envelope while I'm sipping. And then I notice the name missing a return address on the envelope and I drop the glass where it shatters at my feet. Mm. Ignoring the glass and the mess I just made in my pristine apartment, I proceed to rip open the envelope. Startled, Frederick begins flying around squawking and he lands on my shoulder. I try to ignore the pinch of his claws on my shoulder. As what's really later. Um, I cannot believe that Miss Priscilla, the social worker that was in charge of my adoption, wrote me when I haven't heard from her in years. Mm. What is this? A trip? I haven't heard from her in 17 years and she's sending in a trip. A trip? Okay, there's a note in here. Let me see what it says. My dearest Feruza, I have no doubt you'll be successful one day. I know you'll get to work at that big New York firm and fight for what you believe in, which is what I'd always hoped for Samaris as well. But now you need to clear your schedule and breathe. Enjoy love, Miss P. That's all this says. It's been a long time since I've heard Samaris' name. Sister. Um, all right, well, I'm not going to think about this now, but a trip, she, a trip, she wants me to go on a trip for a, a week from today. What is this? What is this? Fast forward. Um, I never take time off from work. My boss practically pushes me out the door. My best friend, <laughs> my best friend's like, will you get the heck out of here and do something? I'm only sad I can't go with you. Are you going to meet some men while you're there? <laughs> No, Minnie, leave me alone. I'm going to do this because I have to do it, but I really don't know what it is. Why not? Yeah, why not? Exactly. All right. Wish me luck. Maybe, you know, I have two cell phones. I'll call you on one of them. Leave me alone. Bye, bye. I look up as the Lyft driver is opening the door and trying to to tell me to hurry up. 
and I see Esther waving with Frederick sort of at the window. I wave goodbye, <laughs> Frederick barks at me. And um, I sort of jump into the back of the SUV. The driver gets in the front and I whisper to myself, where are you? And now here you are on the train platform awaiting the Starlight Special. Uh, not too far away from you is, a, is another young woman. Um, as uh, uh, Jen, would you please share with us a little bit about what we see when we first encounter Maeve? Absolutely. Um, you see a young woman in her early 20s sitting on a bench. Uh, she is rifling furiously through her bag. Um, things are sort of flying everywhere as she digs through, you know, uh, used Kleenex, random lipsticks, all sorts of things just on the bench next to her as she digs through. She very gently sets her passport um, and ticket mm -hmm. next to her, but mm -hmm. that's the only thing with which she exercises any semblance of caution. Mm -hmm. um, she has wavy auburn hair that fades out to a honey balayage, and she has it half up in two braids going back. Um, it's doing a semi-sufficient job of keeping it out of her way. Uh, <laughs> Her ears are accentuated by a number of very subtle curated piercings and they peek out between the waves. She has colorful, almost theatrical makeup rimming her cornflower blue eyes. Um, a pair of heels peek out from under her high-waisted pants and a grapevine tattoo wrapping around her left wrist peers out, uh, uh, peeks out from beneath a maroon blazer, which she wears over a lacy top. She could be dressed for the office, or she could still be wearing her clothes from the night before, a dichotomy punctuated by the delicate necklaces, bracelets, rings, and body chain jewelry with which she has adorned herself. <laughs> she retrieves a pair of sunglasses triumphantly, shoves everything back into the bag, and sits back, putting them on, clinging to her enormous coffee as if it contained the answers to the mysteries of the universe. And she looks over... And she sees a very tall woman, and she sort of turns. <laughs> With that, taking a you know a deep sip of that jumbo coffee that's going to get you through the day in your in Bless the same the coffee. <laughs> yes, in the same hand you have your passport and your ticket, um, and as you kind of glance at it. Tell us, you know, what do you remember about how you received your ticket and why you're here? I was at work, uh, working in the Chelsea Brownstone, the pre-war Chelsea Brownstone I work in, uh, sorting <laughs> mail at Whitman and Watkins law firm. And I had a, I'd had a long day so far as usual, but I was passing the time by scheming up new ways to uh, surprise some of my coworkers, shall we say. Uh, and one of my coworkers called me over and handed me a letter. Now, I'm used to sorting mail for everyone throughout the building. I know where everyone works and where they all are stationed. And I took the envelope and I went to go put it into the normal filing system to take it to where it belongs. Not so many people use mail anymore, but there are still in legal proceedings, it's it's required. Yes. Um, and Wet as I went- sometimes. <laughs> yeah, once in a while, yeah, actually the hard actually contract. Actually, um, And 
as I looked at the envelope uh, I, to, to put it away, I realized that my name was on the front of the envelope, which was strange uh, because why would anyone send me a letter, first of all? And second of all, why at work um, of all places? So when I looked at the return address, I saw the address of my best friend. Um, and I took out, I have a mail opener, a letter opener. It's been in my family for quite some time. It's a, it's a beautiful silver letter opener with a, a reddish gem at the top. And uh, I took out my letter opener and I opened the letter. And I went in and looked at it. And inside there was the ticket and a handwritten uh, message uh, that said, Maeve, I'm sorry we fought and I wanted to do something nice as a way to apologize. I figured the safest, uh, best way, safest was crossed out and then it said best way, uh, for us to make up is for you to be as far away from me as possible. <laughs> I wanted to give you a really nice vacation. So enjoy the Northern Woods in the winter. I'm sorry, and I love you, Em. Love, Will. And that was enough for me. So mm. I decided to go. And as I am putting things back in my bag and I realize my phone is ringing for the 14th or 15th time that morning, uh, I realized I didn't tell anyone <laughs> that I was going to be away for a bit. But I figure I'll get back to them <laughs> for now. Oops. Coffee. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so yes, as you take a nice long drink, now you can actually see the train coming around the corner of the bend. It is an antique steam locomotive engine with antique wooden cars behind it, um, polished up and shine to glisten in the sunlight uh, and bounce the light off of the snow just outside. As, as the whistle to... blows. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely, it starts to get much louder. Plus, oh. the the steam now coming off the top, you can see it. There it is. <laughs> you can see the steam um, sort of uh, almost crystallize in the air, in the cold air, as it begins to sort of cool down as it reaches farther away, um, as it begins to pull closer into the station. Lauren, as we get our first look at Neb, who you know leans out over the platform to check with the train, uh, incoming train. What is it that we, how do we first see her? Well, you first see Neb when she leans out because at five foot, she's not very <laughs> tall and she's wearing pretty plain clothes. She's very sensibly have a couple of layers on a big black <laughs> overcoat, which she's um, kind of deciding whether she wants to have it on or off, on or off, sure. on or off. In those moments in where she takes it off, she's got a black hoodie that has on the back, uh, for those of you who might know it, the Pioneer Pulsar map, which just looks like a bunch of lines, and a black shirt and some jeans. And 
would probably be very unremarkable here, except it's very obvious that she has dyed her hair <laughs> the brightest blue possible. And so as you look down the line of people, she stands out for just a moment as she leans out, sees the train coming, and then walks back to the little roller bag that she has and the side satchel that looks like it might be a really nice computer laptop case. Um, all of the benches seem to be taken, so she just sits down on the roller bag and picks up a black journal that is already written in and kind of hurriedly starts to rewrite things in it. Oh, wonderful. Um, would she by perchance have her ticket sort of stuffed between the pages towards the back to keep it safe? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's stuffed on in there. So yeah, as you sort of glance at it, share with us, how did Neb get an invitation to the Starlight Special? Uh, she's writing in this journal that has already some writing in it and a squirrel drawn. <laughs> and what she's writing is the story. And well, I don't know exactly how to do this in a journal, but you gave it to me. And so I guess I'll use it this way. I don't know if I ever told you how I got this, this ticket it was so strange. It was really interesting, actually. I was up on the roof, like I normally am, looking at the stars. It was that cold night a couple of a couple of days ago. It was really cold. But when it's that cold, you can see the stars really well. And mom came up, and she said that there was a special delivery for me that she had to sign for and it was an envelope and I don't know who would send me something like that so she sat down next to me on the blanket we opened it up and it was it was from Dr. Craig you you knew Dr. Craig more than I do you great-grandfather I know, I know. I'm the only one who calls him that, but that's what I remember calling him. It's like when mom calls him Zadie, I don't really know why, but I mean, I know why. Yeah, so there's a letter. There was a letter in there in his really nice handwriting. I can almost hear his voice as I read out, my dearest Nebula, it's time for you to see the stars far away from the bright lights of the city. Go make a story for your own to delight others with your telling. All my love, Dr. Craig. And yes, he really did sign the letter Dr. Craig. That's why I can call him Dr. Craig. I, I know, I know. I'm not supposed to call my great-great-great-grandparents something like that, but I'm a grown woman now. I'm home from college. I can do whatever I want. I wasn't really sure what to do with the ticket. And I haven't ever really been away from the city. Well, except for that one time we went to go visit everybody in Scranton, but I don't know if that counts. <laughs> Mom was the one who convinced me to go. She had been trying to get me to go do the thing and where once you finish college, you go out and see the world. But as, as exciting as that sounded, 
I didn't know where to go. And now I've got this ticket. And so she said, well, you and Zadie always had a special connection. If he thought you should go, then you should go. The interesting thing is she didn't really question it and neither did I at the time. But Dr. Craig's been, he's been gone for so many years. How long ago did he send this to me? Anyway, the train's coming, so I guess I should go. I'll keep drawing in this later. Your squirrel is lovely. And she closes the book and starts to pack her stuff to get on the train. Amazing. So yes, the train is now loud, hot steam. You can feel the heat of it coming off the engine as it pulls into the station in front of you. Most people take a step back. However, one older woman uh, seems to delight in <laughs> the uh, the excitement here. Uh, Hope, will you please tell us what we first notice when we when we see Robin? You see an elderly woman with a bright smile on her face as she rocks on her heels, just taking in the smell of the train, the, the sight of this antique of a train. And her wardrobe is interesting. You see that she is wearing these very worn uh, overalls, brown overalls that have patches, handmade patches, nicely sewn in uh, all over them. And she's wearing a sun hat with a red flower and these very nice granny glasses. <laughs> and the most peculiar part is that she's wearing yellow rain boots. To her, those are just the most universally ready for anything type <laughs> shoes, if you were to ask her. And she is holding a small framed picture as she hums to herself a little jaunty tune and holding in her other hand uh, a trunk with handmade wheels kind of taped Ooh. to it so that she can wheel it instead of having to <laughs> carry it. Amazing. So yeah, so somewhere I imagine maybe maybe stuffed in one of those patch pockets on her her overalls, there is a ticket for uh, Robin as well. Will you tell us a little bit about how Robin happens to be here? Oh my, yes, I would be delighted to. You see, it was the anniversary of the first time Harold and I met. We had a wonderful home-cooked meal and danced to our favorite song, La Vienne Rose. And then at the end of the night, he handed me a single sunflower, my favorite flower, yes. and a card with a picture of a hummingbird on it. And it read, to my hummingbird, may you never slow down. And inside the card were two tickets that shimmered in a gold foil. I looked at them closely, but before I could thank Harold, he wavered. I dropped everything in order to catch him. And I put him to bed right away, but he just got worse. I took him to the hospital, but things never got better. I never left his side. 
I guess a part of me wanted to forget about the tickets, knowing that it was probably an adventure I'd never get to take with him. It wasn't until 12 years later that I decided to move out of our home after he had passed. And I found the tickets underneath the couch as I was moving them. I bent down and examined the golden tickets and I saw something peculiar. The date for the tickets was for, why, only a week away. Had Harold planned this? Was it, well, I wasn't going to question it. It seemed like fate. So anyways, here I am. <laughs> and I know Harold would have wanted me to take this trip. And I plan to enjoy every single moment of it, knowing he gifted it to me with love. Well, with that, you can feel a palpable excitement on the train station as it comes fully to a stop in front of you. As you all anxiously kind of move forward towards the door, um, a, a tall black woman with graying hair in, in braids, long braids, steps forward. She's very smartly dressed and she looks to the five of you and she says, oh, well, my name is Gloria. I am the conductor of the Starlight Special on the Northland Heritage Line. Welcome. You must be my five passengers. And as she says that, you look around and you see that, yes, everyone else on the platform seems to have kind of moved off towards other trains on other platforms. It does appear to be only the five of you entering this particular train. I didn't know we had the premium ticket. <laughs> <laughs> she holds out her hand. She says, please uh, line up, present your tickets to me, and I shall meet you in the lounge shortly. Who would like to go first? Oh, yes. Well, yeah. Silas no, tries to find yeah. somebody. No, to like this. <laughs> hey, Silas, like, it literally, he won't, like, bump into anyone. Yes. But he will certainly Ooh. try to go first. Okay. <laughs> well, I think Robin might be in your way because she was right Ooh. up there. T up totally front, fine. So, so, so he sees Robin. Yes. He's like, he, he, he kind of starts and there's this, like, competitiveness that, like, almost gets <laughs> to him. And then and then he's like, oh, no, no, go, go ahead. Of course, of course, after you. Yes, he's just, oh, well, yes, Miss Beckett. Wonderful to see you. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for uh, riding the Starlight Special. Have we got a fantastic adventure for you? Your journey begins here. Please step right up this way. Well, don't mind if I do. Thank you. Chelsea, you'll begin to step up these wrought iron staircases that lead to, or, you know, steps that lead to sort of an open carriage at the back end as you go through the door into the lounge area. Uh, soon after that comes Silas with his ticket held aloft. Ah, oh, Mr. Jordan, yes, very excited to have you. Um, please uh, step right up, if you will. Top of the morning. <laughs> Silas jumps in. Follow Robin in. Uh, next, perhaps Neb? Neb got distracted hearing okay. a voice she hasn't heard in a while, so she kind of stops okay. to look at everybody, and I think the, the two other people managed to get by. Fantastic. <laughs> Maeve and Ferusa approach at around the same time. Okay. Maeve um, sort of Ferusa sort of wants to, to, to hang. Yeah, she lets oh. you go. <laughs> please, <laughs> takes please you. after you. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. the, Ms. Um, Armstrong, we are so excited to have you. Welcome. 
Uh, did I hear you correctly? There's only five of us on this, uh, this, this special? Yes, this is five? an extremely exclusive trip. Okay. okay. Uh, well, I guess I only have these these uh, these two bags, and you notice yes. she has one very big, heavy black bag and one medium-sized black bag, but they they're look very heavy. Of course, please don't bother yourself with them. Charlie here will take your bags to your rooms. Uh, you are welcome to leave them right there on the cart with Charlie. And Charlie's a, a, a young white man with uh, sort of shaggy red hair. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to lift them. I, I probably can't. <laughs> he is a little, he is a little skinny. <laughs> he, she goes, oh, don't worry there, ma'am. I'm a lot stronger and I'll look. All right. And Faruza just sort of nods at uh, Gloria, um, looks at Maeve, sort of half smiles and nods <laughs> as well, and walks up the steps with her messenger bag on her shoulder. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, next, Maeve. Maeve. Yes, she says, oh, of course. Yes, please welcome uh, aboard. She She's not ripping tickets, so she just takes a look at it and passes it back to you, Maeve. She says, uh, please join your friends uh, in the uh, in the um, lounge, and I'll be up there in a moment to help uh, welcome are, are you there, to the trip. Is there, is there a bar car nearby? Oh, uh, well, we, uh, on, we are lounge, serving or... drinks. Okay. In the lounge uh, the dog, at the you know? moment, <laughs> uh, we of course we have to have a celebration welcoming our new guest. So please, you'll find it just up there with some Maeve, lovely Maeve treats. noticeably brightens, <laughs> <laughs> and you as well step up into you. the lounge. Neb, last but not least, steps up. Now this is so interesting. Is there usually only five people on this? train? Oh, Miss Stern, why, why, yes. We have uh, six compartments. However, uh, the first compartment we never fill. Um, so we're just very happy to welcome the five of you. I didn't know there would be so few people. Oh, okay. I'm excited to see where we're going and what we're doing. Okay. Of course, we will cover all of that in our introductory uh, time here. And I will leave my bag and just take my messenger bag. <laughs> and then Charlie, Charlie, you know, he's he's struggling a little bit, but he can get it on the on the cart and, you know, to push it around a little bit. He goes, all right, wonderful. I'll, I'll get these to your rooms and see you later. And I'm going to get into the train and see if I can find Miss Robin. <laughs> so yes, as you uh, turn into the lounge, you see the other four of your fellow travelers. Now the lounge here is sort of the first quarter of this carriage. Um, there's big, beautiful windows. You can see a full sort of 270 degrees around, except for the carriage in front of you here. Um, there are a number of really lush armchairs. There's a sofa. There's a small library of some sort of train oh. and history related books, um, a coffee table table uh, and laid out on a buffet off to the side are five champagne flutes as well as some chocolates uh, and some lovely little pastries. Um, At about this time you're noticing it's starting to get dark out you know it's winter it's about 5 6 p.m things are starting to kind of uh, you know the, the lights are starting to go down and Gloria steps up after you she says even though I know it's just us, just for fun. She leans out the back and goes, all aboard. You can Maeve, hear like... her voice echo. <laughs> yes, Maeve. Mm. Just, uh, 
shake it off a little bit. <laughs> um, but you hear her voice, even though she doesn't say it very loudly, there's just that presence and that um, projection in it. And you can hear it all the way down the platform as she then pulls closed the, uh, the sliding door and the train begins to pull away from the station. The sounds of the station begin to go away and it's just that simple underneath as it begins to gain speed, the whistle going off every so often. Um, as Gloria enters the room, big smile on her face, says, welcome aboard the Starlight Special. Uh, in just a moment, I will take you to your compartments. Um, they are already made up and ready for bed. Uh, we have this lovely accommodation here. There'll be some sandwiches that we've brought out in a moment. But the way that this trip will work is that we will travel at night while you are sleeping. During the day, we will hit a number of the most interesting locations in the Northland Heritage Line, taking a number of excursions through the uh, environment. Uh, we will meet here at 8 a.m. prompt every morning to brief you on these excursions and prepare. Are there any questions that you have for me before we bring in the dinner? Why, yes, Mr. Jordan. Um, 8 a.m.? Like, I mean, can it be, like, does it have to be? Is there an extended check-in? Like, Why, well, yes, of course. We serve or? breakfast between 8 and 10. But okay. uh, if we want to get the most out of the daylight, we will need to leave around 10 a.m. to enjoy our excursion. But, but, but I can skip breakfast. If you would like to late. skip breakfast and meet us at 10, that would be absolutely up to you. In fact, we have a fantastic chef uh, and, and a wonderful wait staff aboard the train. You may order breakfast in bed if you if you prefer. Oh, I've stopped everyone. stuffing the pastries into her bag that she was already <laughs> starting to prep for tomorrow's breakfast and goes, well, that's I'm watching Maeve do that. <laughs> you know that the early bird befriends the worm, everybody. <laughs> no, I think it like eats it. <laughs> chomp, no. chomp. There are two sides to every story. Yes, there are. Uh, anyone else? I'm, I will happy to uh, introduce you to our chef and um, you know uh, get you to your compartment so you can settle in for the evening. Unless there are any other questions. How I actually do have a question. Well, I'm, yes. I'm sorry. Did you have a question? She looks over at this, this small woman <laughs> with the blue hair. <laughs> she looks looks down towards Nell. Yeah, yes. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have something you wanted to ask? Go no, ahead. please, please go ahead. Go ahead. I've got lots of questions. I should probably hold on to most of them. <laughs> I think, but go ahead. You have a few. Okay, maybe I will go ahead first. I, I realized something with this ticket thing. I did not review. The pamphlet, was there a pamphlet that came with the ticket? I must have missed it somehow that had the, the guidelines for this trip. Oh, yes. I don't Who remember seeing. Today. Where are the pamphlets? Are the pamphlets? Like I mean, a QR is this a, code or? Well, as you can see, the Starlight Special is a vintage locomotive. It has been just painfully and perfectly restored back to its uh, 1930s appearance. Um, everything above along board you'll see is, is perfectly um, restored. Uh, and yes, I can share with you our itinerary for this week-long trip. And she will then uh, pull out of her, you know, sort of she's many pockets herself. Um, she'll pull out of there a, a map of the train route. Josh, if you wouldn't mind sharing with everyone. Okay. We'll be able to, will we all be able to see it? <laughs> okay, good. 
Um, so she points out, she says, look, you can see here, we have started here in Gravelhurst. This is the uh, last occupied town before we hit into the Northland wildlands. Um, sometime tomorrow, we will come across Twin Creek Mine. Uh, this is uh, an old sort of abandoned mine, but a lot of really fantastic, incredible history. We will take you on a journey inside of its, uh, you know, its structures. Uh, a day or two after that, we'll make it to Hollowvale, which used to be the town that serviced that mining company. But once it went under, uh, it was abandoned. So we have a ghost town on our tour. Not long after that, we'll be making it to Bellcastle Cap. Uh, this is a fantastic glacier right on the edge of the water. Uh, as we come near, we will do some hiking through the snow, uh, some very fun and dangerous, but of course we take all of the proper precautions to take you across the glacier. Uh, then coming by, oh, maybe I skipped one, I'm sorry. Uh, we skipped the Blackwater Bay where the, we have uh, whales mating. We will take a stop to go and whale watch and take a look at all of the pods as they come together. And our final stop after the Bellcastle Cap is Farnshaw Wilds. Uh, these are just the old growth forests. Uh, they are completely protected and undisturbed. You will see wildlife there that very few people have noticed before. Um, this is your to speak bears, elk, uh, all kinds of deer, reindeer, um, uh, foxes and wildlife. So we're very excited to be able to bring you there. That will complete our loop ending back here in Gravelhurst. Deb is going to reach into her jacket and pull out her cell phone. Can, yes. can I take a picture of that? Absolutely, you may. Please do. Perfect. Um, I will warn you, we have Wi-Fi aboard the train, of course. Um, however, once we get, you know, sometime in the middle of the night tonight, you will notice that you will lose your cell reception. Uh, there are no towels. Excuse, excuse. I'm so sorry. Well, I... Yes. I think you will find that the Wi-Fi aboard is perfectly acceptable. We have boosted it in every car, so you should be able to use the Wi-Fi as long as you are near the train. Okay. Okay. I, I, I just I want to specify, like, I think you, did you say there are no towels or towers? Oh, no towers. I'm so oh, okay. sorry. Okay. Yes. No, there are no cell towers. We have to plenty of towels aboard. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Well, yes, I mean, I, I brought a towel. I I was taught oh. always bring your towel. Always know where your towel is. That's what I was taught as well. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I think you and I might be friends. <laughs> Um, wonderful. Well, let me introduce you to Alexander. And uh, walking out of, as you'll see kind of off to the side behind you, there's a curtain that separates. And as, as Alexander opens it, you see it's a, he's an Asian man with sort of short cropped black hair. And he enters from the dining area. And as you kind of peek around the corner, you can see a long dining table set with five chairs. Um, it's, it's very elegant. It's dressed. It's already placed with some lovely um, plates of sandwiches and and um, some French fries and some wonderful, uh, lovely, uh, luxury made items. Um, as he sort of welcomes you in, he says, yes, welcome to the Starlight Special. I will be your chef, Alexander. Uh, as you, as uh, Gloria has told you, we have um, breakfasts in the morning between eight and 10. You will take your lunches on your excursion and for dinner, we will serve promptly at 6 p.m. back here. Uh, I am an expert in cuisines all over the world. I hope to delight you and your palates. 
That sounds pretty good. That's to be amazing. For dinner. Fantastic. Oh, no, you are welcome to come however you please. And with that, he sort of, uh, you know, you know, raises his hand out, gesturing for you all to sit. And he turns and walks through another curtain uh, back into the other area. However, across this one, there's a small chain that says authorized personnel only, which he clips back on as he moves beyond that curtain. Well, you know what they say, the last one to dinner is thinner. <laughs> so let's go. Oh. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Oh, yes, sorry. Are you hard of hearing? It's fine. I am too. <laughs> I'm not. I just did that. It's, it's a phrase I hadn't heard before. That's because it's a phrase I just made up. <laughs> so when you say they say, you mean they, you know, you say? The universal sure. they. Yes. Uh, they. I I, all really all phrases you. are made up You're at right, some point right. or another. So You know what? That's very there you true. Go. Yes. I What's like it. Good. Great. So I like so, it. Gloria will say, unless there are any further questions, I will leave you to your meal. Um, I'll come back in, let's say, half an hour and be able to escort you to your compartments. Thank you. Good. She looks at her pocket watch, sort of taps it, perfect on time, sticks it back in her pocket and leaves back through the other door across the coupling into the car in, uh, you know, behind you. Looking at, as she leaves, is there yes. anything that is particularly noticeable or unique about Gloria's appearance, clothing, accessories. Uh-huh. You can give me a perception check for that, or I can okay. do it for you per one of our <laughs> Go ahead, I will have you rules. do it for me. Ah, first okay, first roll. roll is the start it, roll. We'll start it out. <laughs> All right, what is your perception bonus? A plus one. A plus one. Um, you know, she seems very efficient to you. Um, she has a whistle in one pocket. She has a lot of, it's, it's again, her uniform is somewhat, uh, again, looks sort of screams 1930s, screams vintage experience. Uh, it's a little, you know, part Disneyland, part very serious train journey with a firebox engine. <laughs> um, and so, you know, she's got a whistle in one, a, a watch in the other. She has a small notepad that she carries with her. And you've noticed her taking a couple of notes in it um, during the time. But she, you know, nothing sort of feels off about her. She's what you would expect for a conductor who has very busy and important job. Deb is gonna approach the table and very intentionally sit down next to Robin. Okay. <laughs> Miss Robin? Uh, oh, uh, little Nebula, is that you? Do you adjust your glasses? Yes. <laughs> I must make sure it's all right. I, I, you're all grown up. Look at you and your hair. It's so blue. You like ah, it? I love it. You know, when I was 60, I went cotton candy pink, you know, but I, I had to give it up because it just made me so hungry all the time. <laughs> it is, it takes a lot of work, definitely, but I'd love to know what you used on your hair, but also... It's just, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in, how many, has it been years? Uh, yes, I believe, my memory serves me, it's been 12 years. Yeah. Wow. It's it's good to see you. I always enjoyed your stories when you were at the bakery and when uh, you moved on to go do other things with the temp agency, it was kind of sad when you were gone, so. 
Ah, well, I loved your bakery and all of the free goods I got from it. And, of course, I loved you listening to my stories. You know, it made me feel wanted. Well, it's been a couple of years, so maybe you've got some more stories that I can listen to, and maybe I'll share some of mine. Of course, I'll talk your ear off if you're ready for it. I'm always ready. Well, Robin, as you're sort of hearkening back to old times, um, you know, thinking about, you know, those old days, uh, give me a quick perception check. You can do this one. I I can do this one? Okay. It is a 13. It's a 13. The gentleman who you think you overheard, his name is Silas, for some reason, oh gosh, just ping in the back of your mind, just maybe as one of those faces, you don't know. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> did you do that? That'd be amazing. <laughs> he absolutely did. He, he, he notices that you're, yeah, you're yeah, looking. Yeah, I'm looking like, at you. But, 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 but then he's like, you know, Silas thinks to himself that it's like she probably actually can't see. She's just like a dog. It's <laughs> like just kind of, you know. Oh, you remind me of someone, but I can't quite place it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard uh, Brad Pitt. Um, <laughs> oh, that must be it. Yes, that must be it. George oh. Clooney. Um, I've heard a few of those. So. I'm not either one of them, though. <laughs> You're not Brad Pitt, Silas. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to be spending a couple of days together, it sounds like, so we might as well find out who who you are. Uh, my, my name, you can call me Neb, but my, my real name is Carolyn Stern. What's yours? So, w w wait a minute. Your real name is Carolyn but you go by Neb. I'm not really understanding that pathway. How's that working? Well, it was a nickname given to me by a, my great-great-grandfather a while ago. I got very into looking at the, <laughs> the stars and... Oh, like Nebula, Nebula. Yes. Right? Neb, yes. Neb, <laughs> Nebula, yeah, okay. Yeah, he would he would tell a bunch of stories. My parents got me a, a telescope that I never really looked through. You know how it goes. Uh, but yeah, the, the nickname <laughs> kind of stuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I tried I tried to be, but I, I really would just rather look at the stars with my own eyes. Hmm. And you? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Silas uh, Jordan. And um sounded hesitant there. I, no. No, I mean like I, I hey, just, are you uh, certain of that? <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm lost in I'm lost in thought. I mean like is anybody else weirded out a little bit that there are only five of us on this train and somehow the two of you haven't seen each other for like a decade and then you're just together. I mean there's there's something weird going on with this. And Gloria, I definitely do not trust her. <laughs> no one is that happy all the time. <laughs> yeah, no. She really likes her job. She does really like her, her job. For, for a whopping here. 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can kind of read people. L listen, so I, I'm Silas. I am here because um, I looked this place up online and it looked like it was going to be fun. And I also heard on one of the stops, I think it's on the other side of the glacier, uh, which, by the way, when it said glacier online, 
I didn't think it was like an actual glacier. Like, I don't understand why a glacier is just in the middle of this place. But, but anyway, so on the other side of that, there is something that uh, I kind of want to get eyes on. It's um, so I collect, uh, I'm a collector and it's a piece mm -hmm. that I've wanted in my collection for a while. So maybe on one of the excursions, I can go look at it. I'll probably miss lunch that day. <laughs> what do you collect? Uh, I mean, action figures. What's There's your no, action like, figure in a glacier? Uh, no, no, no. It's in, it's in the place on the other side of that. There's this recluse that collects them up there. And he, he won't eBay any of it ever. I've contacted him directly. Um, and he there's, just won't There's no cell service. <laughs> so, in the no, northern wild. I don't know if he has towels. I'm Hard on, to um, so, so, uh, so ultimately, I'm just trying to get eyes and let's see if i can uh, talk him into uh you know c coming off that piece but yeah action figures you know uh gi joe's transformers superheroes of all sorts so you have any voltron oh, <laughs> legendary defender <laughs> yeah, absolutely do i have voltron i have all the voltron oh nice i've always wanted the ones that were the it's the actual separate lions that you could put together into Voltron. Oh. I, I could never Absolutely. get all the lions. Yeah, well, they had a pretty limited run on that, and they were hard to get your hands on. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I've got I've got a couple. Um, I mean, I you know I might come off one of them. I, I own a store, so you know if it's something that you really want. Um, I mean, they're probably only for for that set like that. They're they're not going to be in mint condition, near mint condition. Probably three twenty, three thirty, somewhere around in there. As uh, Neb and uh, Silas continue this very in-depth conversation about comic <laughs> books and collecting and, and the value of, of old things, um, Maeve and Farusa, you've sort of found yourselves on the other side of the table together. Uh, yeah, how does this play out for you? Okay, so uh, is sitting alone and she notices that the woman with the blue hair yeah. and the older woman and the gentleman are all talking and she's yeah. like interesting everybody here seems to know each other and she sort of looks over at uh Maeve and nods and says um I guess it's just us for this <laughs> I mean this doesn't seem, seem I suppose so what I wasn't the one who bought the ticket so I didn't do the research on it I figured it would just be a fun adventure Oh, wait a minute, you, you, you didn't get the ticket or you, you, you weren't uh, it, given it, the ticket? It was a gift, so I oh, just... Okay. Same. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. My name is uh, Feruza, and before you ask, I'm 6'1", the weather is fine up here, and I've never played basketball. <laughs> If she says the word basketball, Simon yes. absolutely would like at least hear and acknowledge. That's, That's interesting. When she heard Lauren mention, when she heard uh, Neb mention yes. Voltron, her ear went like this because she's been called Allura before. Ah. Like, nice. Okay. <laughs> What's your name? Uh, Maeve. Maeve? Do you have a last name? Maeve Flynn. You just said your name was Firuza. You didn't give me a last name either, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Armstrong. I'm sorry. I forget myself. This is really unusual, so I'm sort of not acting as normal as our. This is highly unusual. Do you think they're trying to sell us a timeshare? <laughs> Did you bring cash? Might be a timeshare. 
This seems but like I'm just I'm just wondering if this cash is a setup. Because I didn't know which country's currency we need. <laughs> they they specifically said in the on the, the back of your ticket that this was an all-inclusive trip and no money would be required. No, I didn't bring any, I just brought my um my plastic. That's it. <laughs> but we're gonna are we gonna buy souvenirs like this? Okay. You know what? I'm willing to relax. This is I'm sorry, I I have a very high high powered job and I never take vacations. Vacations are a foreign thing to me. So they have very idea that I'm sitting on this train with these people I don't know. The food looks good, but it's all very highly irregular. So I'm trying to relax as best as I can. What do you do? Sorry. This is relaxing for you. This is relaxed. I'm 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 gonna try. I'm definitely gonna try. So working on what does your high strong look like? What does my what does my high strong look like? stressed out? How you strong? Uh, yeah, That's sort of. I, anxious. Uh, put it this way. I'm not, relaxing for me is, is a very foreign thing. But I'm proud of myself for being here and I do have a reason for being here. I just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> but when I do, I'll make sure that I uh, share it with you, Maeve. You have a very beautiful name. I look forward name. to that. You, 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 thank you very much. Uh, so it's pass. High-powered and... job, eh? Oh. Oh. Oh, is that this month's Gardner's Law Review? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm. Where are you, Where are you from? Are you, I'm detecting a a, a, a small oh, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, Bruce is like this woman yes. is very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Portland, and, and Maeve starts list, listing off about six different cities. <laughs> so you've been all over. Were you like an army brat or something? I mean, exactly. And you do notice oh. her her backpack is a, an old military issue backpack. Ooh, okay. And uh, you live now in uh... in New York. Oh, and I'm from New York as well. Oh, where? <laughs> where in New York are you? Are you from in New York? City? Uh, uh, Bed-Stuy. You live in Bed-Stuy, okay. I'm oh, right did I hear New Yorkers over here? I'm from Peekskill, just right Oh, oh, yes. You, more Yorkers here? Whoa, anyone uh, else? Any, yeah, um, Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where in Atlanta? Atlanta, Georgia, what would you say? Where in Atlanta? Oh, I'm Marietta. Oh, right that's very nice. Mm. Oh, is that right? <laughs> you you like went there or you attended school there? Both. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you have to do one yes. to do the other. Yeah, the answer is too. yes. Yeah, but I, I've been to New York many, many times. So a lot of uh, Broadway. I'm a huge Broadway fan. So I've been to, oh, really? at this point, I've been to half of the theaters. Before I die, I want to say that I've seen a show in all of the, you know, a fit, not off Broadway, but like the official Broadway theaters. So. Aww, What's your favorite show you've seen? Nicole. Oh, yeah. I am a huge fan of classics. So, you know, Phantom, uh, great stuff. I love uh, Phantom? horrors. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, 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 but I also, um, there's this new show that is just fire. It's called Hades Town. And You're putting is. Phantom and Hades Town in the same sentence. I, listen, I like a lot of different Phantom. things. 
it's okay to like all of it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, That's I, didn't, true. I didn't stutter. Like, I mean, yeah. you did say you did say you were a tourist, so. Oh, 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 oh. I, I, I see how this is gonna be. I've probably spent more time in New York than you have. Those are fighting words for any New Yorker, by the way, just in case you want to know. Yes. Well, before things get too heated and uh, (laughs) the fists get taken out, uh, time has just flown by. And Gloria comes back in, says it's been about half an hour. If you're all full or would like to take something with you, uh, I will show you to your compartments now. And uh, Ferguson sort of leans over and elbows Maeve, like, look at this woman. (laughs) Keep your eye on her. I mean, this feels a little bit like a curfew, but I'm going to go along with it. Since oh, you are you are welcome to come back to the lounge and, and okay. read or spend time. We have oh, games if you would like, uh, but I would love to show you to your space so you can get settled in. And, and uh, unfortunately, the, the staff has to go off clock at a certain point. Um, we will always have Augie. Augie is the, the night staff. Um, she is available to uh, for anything that you may need. You'll find her uh, usually stationed around here in the, the dining area and the lounge. Um, but for now, if you are ready, I will take you down to your compartments. Okay. Sounds good. Callie, ready to go. Wonderful. Do you have an extra tissue in your pocket or something? I seem to of course I do. Um, and you see, she reaches in, she has she has a packet of tissues she can ha- hand you. Um, in there, you also see breath mints and and little floss picks and anything anyone could possibly ever. You got any towels oh. in there? Thank you. Any yeah. what? Any towels in there? You got any towels? towels. Oh, unfortunately, I don't keep a towel on me myself. However, you will find there are fresh, yeah. uh, 100% cotton towels in your room. Uh, yeah, however many are there, I'm probably going to need twice that. So. I will let Augie know. Oh, thank you so much. She'll bring them by in just a moment. Robin kind of takes out her, this beautiful, like, hand-me-down kind of bag that's full of things, and <laughs> it's made of patches, just nothing yes. but patches, and she opens it up, and she wants to come. I also have all of these things ready to go. Do, do you have, oh, oh, you have dental floss, yes? We do. I have these little picks. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many of my guests request them. Yes, yes, yes. And I do have candy. I've always got candy ready. Oh, well, I don't have candy. I do have cough drops. Ah, even better. Oh. I like you. Is this a <laughs> is this a bag off? Are we supposed to show what's in our bags? Because I just have like a laptop. I don't have nearly as many fun things as you do. Well, don't worry. <laughs> That's why we're here. We have everything you need. That's, That's right. good to know. Uh, Gloria, she sort of crossed by uh, over to, to uh, Rob and she says, well, I have two little ones at home and I've just gotten used to being prepared. And things just go so much smoother if you have everything ready to go. That's two little what? Respect that. I'm sorry. Oh, two little ones, two two little children. Two little oh, children, okay. Two and five. Like, so two little ones, like, okay. and, yes. and Robin kind of, you just see her kind of slump a little bit to that. Right, I always want to be prepared as well. Well, wonderful. Please follow me. Uh, and as she opens the door, it suddenly gets louder as you step outside to hear the sort of chug of the train. Uh, the, the landscape just passing by immediately. It's already mostly tall pine trees. Again, the moonlight, full moon bounces off that white snow, uh, almost feeling as if there's there's it giving you quite a lot of, of vision, even in the, in the darkness here as it begins to wane around 7 p.m. She takes you into the next car, which is the, you know, the next car behind you. 
um, that is the sleeper car. And as you enter this space, you walk by the first room and you can see that as you go along kind of the right-hand side is the corridor with windows looking out along the side. And then there are doors sort of spaced all along this corridor going down. The very first room is bedroom A, has a big A upon it. And as you walk by, you do notice that it's, it's oddly kind of dusty. Everything else is so clean and lovely and pristine, but there's something about this door that just hasn't been shined up like everything else has. But she skips it and continues to take you down. Silas, you're in room B. Feruza, you're in room C. Neb, you are in room D. Maeve, you are in E. And Robin, you are in F all the way down at the end. Uh, she points out that at uh, the far end of the train, there is um, a small snack bar. You can always go there for snacks if you are hungry in between meals. Um, she says, I will leave you to your compartments uh, and I will see you in the morning. Have a wonderful stay and a first night aboard the Starlight Special. Thank you. Gloria, is anyone Thanks. staying in room A? No, uh, we always leave room A empty. Why? Why? Well, you know, it's a funny story. As I told you, the, the train has been perfectly restored to the way that it was in the 1930s. And for some reason, uh, none of our keys work. Our skeleton keys, we've had locksmiths in, no one can get that door open. We've even tried to pry the windows open from the outside and they must have been painted shut. I tell you, we send custodial through here to clean this door on the regular. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I try to keep a very ship-shaped train here. And we just, I, I do apologize. I, I've asked if we could put a curtain up over it, but just nothing seems to stay. Um, I, I hope that you don't mind. Uh, we are delighted to have five guests. It means that each of you can have a very unique and personal experience. Wait, you mean to say nobody's been in that room? Uh, we have we have tried everything that we we that is humanly possible. I mean, these uh -oh. are really old trains. They Stuff are stuck, and I'm sure you probably have to keep them running on a regular basis. If you're only going to have five guests, it's probably hard to keep up with everything. And I mean, it, how often do is. you do these trips? Um, we try to do well one a season. We don't go very, very often. Uh, it is expensive. This is a, a vintage locomotive. Um, and as you know, of course, steam locomotives take a tremendous amount of water and coal to run. Uh, well, I guess we're sorry, we're running on wood, uh, water and wood to run. Um, and of course, we have to station that, make sure that we can replenish that as we go on our journey. Um, so it, it, this is an expensive trip to do. That is why this is uh, such a luxury uh, uh, experience. And we only do about one per season. You are getting the Starlight Special, which is the, the sort of uh, generally nighttime experience. Uh, there will be stargazing and um, uh, a lot of uh, really wonderful uh, nighttime experiences since, since so much of the time on your trip here will be at night. Well, you are just as cute as a button. And well, thank we you very appreciate much, everything that you do for us. Well, please get settled in your rooms and I shall see you in the morning. I'm about to uh, clock out here for the night. But as I told you, Augie can uh, answer any of your questions and, and get you anything you need. She'll be right by with your towels, Mr. Jordan. Oh, thank you very much. So as you thank open you so much, doors, Gloria. And I, oh, I tip yes. her. You do? Oh, she goes, oh, I'm sorry, Miss Flynn, we, we do not accept tips on this. This is an all-inclusive trip. Uh, we are paid very generously uh, for our uh, time. I think that the Northland Heritage Line takes incredibly good care of us. But thank you so much for the thought. My pleasure. 
<laughs> and with that, she again checks her watch, puts it in her pocket. She makes a little note in her notebook and turns and walks off into the dining car again. Is there anything noticeable about the watch? Uh, sure. You want to give me an investigation <laughs> check about that? Maybe you want me to do it? <laughs> or do you want to um, do it? Watch. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm a plus three on it. Plus three. Good, good, good. Um, it looks very old to you. Uh, and, and as you, you know, very specifically try to take a look at it and sort of get a, a sense of it, it's got incredible engravings all around the backside. Um, and it's also sort of spring-loaded so that as she pops the button and it pops open and then it snaps shut. Um, and you've even seen, you noticed her winding it a couple of times. So it, it requires kind of constant maintenance in that sense to keep it wound and running correctly. He's sticking with the theme then, keeping very, everything vintage. <laughs> everything is very, very vintage. In fact, even as you look at your own clothes and as you, you, you feel a little out of place as, as everything else sort of suits the environs. But as you at open this, your, go ahead. I, I, at the, as yes. she starts to walk off, um, Silas leaves the group just slightly. And, yes. And, and is like, glory, glory, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to request one more thing. Yes. And I am going, as I'm stepping, you know, these carpeted floors, whatever, yes. I kind of stumble a little bit uh -huh. and, and I am going to do my best to not just pancake Gloria. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but then I am also maybe trying to. So You're going to try to take her watch. I saw oh, a watch. No. I see. Oh. All right. Um, are you trying to do this in a way that the rest of everyone here does not notice? Or I would you... like for no one to notice. For no one to notice. Including Gloria. Let's, let's take a f at first a stealth check, and then we will oh. do a sleight of hand. <laughs> All right. That is a dirty 20. All right. <laughs> so you give a tremendous performance of stumbling and falling. Uh, everyone fully believes you are as klutzy as you appear. Uh, as you kind of stumble forward and look like you're going to use her to brace yourself, she actually puts her arms out to help you uh, so that oh, you I'm won't so sorry. fully so fall. Sorry. Now go ahead and give me a sleight of hand. Okay. This is a 22. <laughs> As you, you know, hold on no, to I'm her. I'm sorry, that is, a, oh. that is a, uh, I want to get this right. That is a 24. Oh my goodness. Hey, wow. you take her coat too. Are you <laughs> <laughs> She's lost her, her $20 bill. Is <laughs> um, so yes, as you stumble forward and she also reaches out to help you in the scuffle of it, you very quickly not only pull the, the, the pocket watch out of the pocket, but you know how to release the T-bar that holds it into the button uh, hole that keeps it on her. So you, you know, and, and in fact, the only thing you leave is that you have then also unbuttoned that one button on her vest in order to remove it. But that would be the only sign that this I, has occurred. I, if... Once I know that I've yes. it, I am going to make an attempt to um, just get up, but I'm doing uh -huh. it uh, kind of like very blustery, like I've hurt myself a little bit. Yes. And I am going to open it and I am going to study it in that three seconds as okay. much as I possibly can. Like just okay. try to commit everything that I can uh, to memory. Okay. And then when I when I do make it up, I'm like, oh, uh, hey, uh, did somebody drop this? And I'm gonna hold, <laughs> hold the, the watch up at this point. Um, Gloria goes, oh 
my goodness. I, I must not have, as you can, oh, my button is undone. I'm so sorry for my lack of professionalism. Uh, she does up that oh, button it's, it's, and, and it's takes okay. the watch. Well, you're doing such a great job. Don't, don't worry about I, it. I appreciate that, uh, sir. We are, you know, we strive to give you just the most uh, adventure and comfort as we can on this. This is a nice watch. Where, where did you get this? Oh, this, this has been in my family for generations. Is that right? Yes, it has. I, um, so, so I like, um, and you say that uh, Silas pulls out a pocket watch. Oh. Well, he's like, I'm kind of. Well, a... look at that. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there's some similarities anyway, like, you know, different. It definitely has a different look to it, but uh, it looks like, you know, it was probably made around the same period. She looks down at it, and and indeed, I mean, hers is silver, yours is gold. Um, hers has a, a small aquamarine gem on it now that you studied it in those three seconds you 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 saw that and it almost looks like it's like a wave design with a little bit of art deco thrown into the engravings all right well uh yeah th thanks so much and just let me know on those towels oh of course really yes augie it. will be by in in just a moment i will go tell her anon uh thank you again for picking up my watch and uh good night everyone welcome with that <laughs> she turns and leaves <laughs> And as each of you sort of, you know, turn towards your door and push it open, the rooms are not huge, but they are beautiful. Red velvet uh, wallpaper along the sides, old gas lamps that have been electrified so that they, they aren't as dangerous, but they give that perfect sort of Edison bulb glow. There is crystal decanters of water and glassware, um, a small compartment with a toilet, a private toilet for each of you, as well as a small shower for each of the individual rooms. There is a small desk or vanity that has a beautiful antiqued mirror above it. It has some of those blemishes sometimes that you'll see uh, on mirrors, but it just adds to that romance of the feeling. And as you turn, you can see that the sitting area has already been transformed into a lovely double-sized bed, possibly close to queen size. Um, it is laid with 100% Egyptian cotton sheets, uh, fluffy duvet cover. In fact, someone has even left a little mint upon your pillow. Um, and you, this, you also, you all have uh, two large windows at the foot of your bed so that as you are lying in bed, you can look out and watch the woods go by. Yep, oh, your also. luggage has already, sorry, your luggage has already made its way to your compartment. So your things are there waiting okay. uh, in the okay. corner. Go ahead, yep. Nim. Doesn't touch anything at first, but pulls out <laughs> her phone and is like, I gotta get pictures of this. This is amazing. <laughs> and she's just gonna like panorama the whole thing. Yes, close yes. Close up on the mint. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything, especially like the, the crystal decanter. She'll yes. bing. <laughs> and it I'm does, gonna it knock sings. That, I'm not gonna knock that over. I know I am. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Um, uh, Farisa, as soon as she walks in, she just looks, she's like, well, wow. I mean, I guess we're bringing spoiled. And like, miraculously, this bed is long enough for her. It's like amazing. <laughs> she's like, how did they know? This is incredible. She is very perfunctory. She immediately mm -hmm. just opens up her suitcases and mm -hmm. starts unpacking. You notice that a lot of her clothes are the same colors because she doesn't like have to think about what she's putting on in the morning. Right, right. Um, as Very Steve Jobs. All, yes, Obama, right? Obama did that. <laughs> she's like, think about it. She's like, clothing, I'm going to think about this. Yeah. Uh, what you do notice is when, I mean, if you're watching her, as she's unpacking at the bottom of her suitcase, she pulls out what looks like 
a small X, like something for a child. And she sort of just takes it out and puts it on her nightstand. And the axe itself, it literally looks like like a little one. It's maybe like two feet, and it, and um, it has a um, wood stained uh, handle yeah. that is it's stained like the green blue of her eyes, and it sort of has like a like a uh, what do you call it a wood burn when you sort mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. brand on the yeah. side just just her initials, um, F R A, and she just goes back to her stuff and continues unpacking. But in her mind, she's like, I'm gonna have to talk to the rest of these people on this trip. Seriously <laughs> enough, Neb is thinking the same thing, but she's way more excited about that. Oh, I gotta ask everybody a lot more questions about what's going on. I'm, I'm excited to meet everybody. Silas is at the door. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't care about his stuff at all. Okay. Silas is at the door listening to hear if anybody else goes out into the hall. Gotcha. And he he is waiting if everyone settles. He is going to exit his room and okay. go check out room A. Okay. Well, let's first hear from, from Maeve and Robin. What are your instincts about uh, once you've entered your space? Maeve walks into the room and throws her stuff on the bed. Doesn't really even take in much of what <laughs> yes. is happening. Yes. And she goes, is everyone going to bed already? Like loudly. <laughs> it is only like to, we just got here. Yeah. Doesn't anyone want to to to, to celebrate? Can we hear through the walls like that? Um, they are fairly thin walls. So yes, if Maeve is loud enough, those of you on either side of her, so she's an E. So yes, Robin and uh, Neb, you definitely can hear Maeve. Oh open up my door and yeah. poke my head out and say, well, I was going to go back to the other car and, you know, hang out for a little while. Did, Sounds did great you, to me. Did you see the chocolates <laughs> they left out? I mean, it would be a shame if those Did you see chocolates... the champagne? <laughs> well, that too. I mean, it'd be a shame to and, just... And the sandwiches too. <laughs> I all mean, the all things. of it. All of it, really. That's yeah. So many things. <laughs> this place is swanky. It really is. I'm kind Robin. of afraid I'm going to break that? something. <laughs> I mean, it looks like they could afford to replace it. That's true. I wouldn't worry too much. Yes, Robin, anything you'd like to do? Robin comes in and gently closes her door, and she just takes in this view that just is slightly nostalgic for her. Yeah. And she looks at her trunk, and she immediately sets down her granny bag and opens up the trunk and without even a second thought she's uh she's she suddenly you know she has her her extra thick wool socks to keep her warm and she has a a, a nightgown that she's put on and uh she's ready for bed (laughs) she's ready for bed and she's put down a a heating pad she's got a heating pad on the bed and she's got her sleep mask on her on her on her head, and yes. uh, she, and then she hears everyone saying, "We're all gonna stay up, right?" And she's like, <laughs> "Oh, oh." You have an appropriately wow. fluffy robe. Yeah, she does. She, <laughs> she puts on her her fluffy robe that has clouds like cloud decoration on it. And yes, she, yes. Uh, slips on some slippers, and she uh-huh. makes her way out of the room. 
So yes, Silas, as you've got your ear to the door, um, you do hear some commotion. Other if doors everybody opening. is going out, Silas definitely walks out and like yeah. he'll he'll go after if there is everyone okay. going to the other room. They're sort of yeah, they're sort of. I mean, so far Maeve and Neb and Robin have stepped out. I, Feruza has not uh, decided okay. whether she's joining yet. If those other three start <laughs> yes. to walk that way, Silas yes. is going to definitely come out and say, "Hey, hey, listen, listen, like." I mean, we gotta get into that room, right? Like, <laughs> you have got to be far too curious about what is in this room. Hey, like, I mean, champagne is gonna be there, but like, <laughs> will it though? I mean, I mean, wait. Not I'm just saying we don't, we don't know how long it's gonna take to get in there, but they said that nobody has been in there for like a, I don't know a decade or something. So. <laughs> All oh, right, idea? and I go look over, and may I attempt? Yes. I, Maeve reaches into her uh-huh. bag and uh-huh. pulls out um, like an Allen wrench multi tool. Oh, okay. Her Leatherman. Or... <laughs> Silas um, walks yeah, up it looks kind of like a Leatherman, but it's yeah. just Allen wrench gotcha. um, heads. And then she also has a Swiss uh-huh. Army knife, and she okay. sort of goes, "Do you want me to try?" Yeah, have have at it. <laughs> As you pull out your tools, uh, a a tall white woman, but she's got like a pink bob. She's dyed her hair bright pink and it's about a bob steps through. She goes, well, hey there, all of you. I immediately Um, like palm those (laughs) with sled hand and try and put them back in my pockets. Well, it's so good to meet y'all. My name's Augie. I'm the night staff here. Uh, I heard (laughs) a gentleman here would like some towels. Uh, yeah, yeah, towels, towels. That's oh, me. fantastic! That's me. I brought you three extra towels. They're the really big bath okay, sheet I could size. Okay, for five, but yeah, that's fine. Okay. Oh boy, well you got two in there already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will okay, five do five. you? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, five, five for today. That's fine. okay. Well, you just let me know if you need anything else. Okay, there. Uh, yeah, young I will, man, Augie. Thanks so much. I'm not that young, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're all young, all young at heart. Isn't that right? Um, oh, yeah. So she'll hand over the towels to you. She says, I hope you like your rooms. I did special turn down service for you. you. You can expect that every night. That's kind of my job here to make sure you have a good overnight here on the Starlight Special. So how, how many mints do you have? Oh, we got a whole <laughs> trove of mints. We got, would you like some more mints over there? Yeah, yeah, like mints would be great. Like, I, I don't know, like a, a bowl of them. Like, oh, not, one, not like a, you know, yeah. a soup bowl, more like a, you know, like, like a terrine or something. A terrine there. Okay. I don't know what that means, but yeah, it sounds A terrine. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, it's what we used to su- serve soup on Sundays. Um, <laughs> sure then. Well, let me go check in the back and see if we have a, a terrine a mince for you, sir. You, uh, you, actually, you betcha. You know, Augie, like, uh, listen, just uh-huh. bring this tomorrow, maybe. Like, uh, oh. You don't worry about us. Like, you can go to the other side of the train and stay there all night. And, <laughs> As there is, and, you know. <laughs> In the lounge, you'll see a, there's a little button there that'll ring a bell uh, where I'm, you know, hanging out for the night. So anything you need at all, you just you just push that little button, and I'll come running, okay? And and you see, um, as Silas is talking to her, yes, that he he's like spinning his uh, pocket watch just you know through yes. his fingers, and then um, he uh, he comes up to her and just looks at her. You know, really intently, yeah. warm puppy dog oh, eyes, yeah. and, and he just says, "Yeah, you know, you're you're you look like you're feeling a little bit tired. Listen, we're we're all fine. We're gonna go to sleep soon. So I, you know, just just stay stay out. There might be some ruckus from us unpacking, but don't worry <laughs> about that. 
stay stay up at the other end of the train for tonight. Would it's you okay. like to do a persuasion check? And I imagine I might have some Yes. Some penalties to that? Uh yes. Um so um yeah. All right, let's do that. Uh so I think yeah, an yes. addition there, right? So yeah, yes. go ahead. All right, so that is a 19 on the die 19. on fire. And so that means that that is a... Um, Love you die hard. That is a 35. <laughs> As you just, you just, you just sort of, you know, very calmly, just big, like you said, big old teddy bear eyes at Augie. She goes, oh man, I'm sorry to be so unprofessional, but... Oh, I just got the I just got the the uh, the sleepies there right real quick there. Um boy, oh boy, I must be coming down with something. If y'all don't mind, you know, everything you need is right there. You can go to the snack bar for anything you need. I'm gonna go just take a little rest uh back there in my quarters. If it well, ma- if it makes a difference, I'm I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was supposed to be advantage and not a plus ten. So okay. Not, so go ahead and it was not thirty five. It, it was the night. It was twenty five. Twenty five. Still twenty five. Yes. Just twenty. Just want to make sure. Sorry. <laughs> advantage right. persuasion. Yes. You got it. Yeah. Um, she is still very. She's <laughs> maybe doesn't yawn quite as much, but she is. Uh, she is amenable to this suggestion. She is, uh, so of course, please use the bell if you need anything. But if you don't mind. I'm probably just gonna go take a nap. Yeah, I'm sorry, I slept all day. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's 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 fine. It's fine. Like you're Ooh. a good friend. You're you're a good Ooh, friend. Oh well, thank right. you very much. You you're already my favorite customer uh, from the last <laughs> couple of trips here. Um, well, you all have a wonderful night, and I I'll see you if you need anything at all. And she turns and heads back into the lounge and dining area. Thank you, Augie. Have a lovely nap. <laughs> Hey, let, let's get this Good night, Miss Flynn. I would say this is the strangest train I've ever been on, but it's the first train I've ever been on, so I'm so not sure. Is it customary to have more stuff yeah. than patients? I don't know. I've never even been in a fancy hotel, nonetheless a fancy train. Although I have heard about hotels that have a, a locked room like this that's haunted. Oh, yes, yes. I once worked as a caretaker at a hotel, and it was very haunted, I can tell you that. I worked the night shift, and I have plenty of good ghost stories from it. Oh, you and Augie will share some stories about working so, the night shift. So, I mean, shift. like, you're just going to tease us like that, or are you going to, like... Well, I know I do like going into my stories, but this is not the time, it seems, that we have a mystery afoot. What are you guys doing out here? And you look over and you see Feruza standing in the doorway with a champagne flute and a Harvard Law sweatshirt and sweatpants. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, listen. Filling our vacation. We've got to get What are you this doing? Room. What? <laughs> we've got to get into this room. You're going to try to break into the room. Well, it's not like breaking in. It would be helping them, if anything. They said they couldn't get it open. So this is like the equivalent of, you know, like a handy person, not handy man, handy person coming in with a crowbar and like really, really, you know, jimmying it up and, and, and getting this open. There, there's no hmm. crime of any sort. Going on here. You know what? I just figured something out. What if we're on a reality show and this is all planned? Would you like to do be- an investigation check for hidden cameras? <laughs> Oh, that if we if we if we call that out, 
I'm sure you'll will be the first ones cut. Oh, oh, so you we know. probably shouldn't let on that we know. Oh. We can keep an oh, eye out for cameras. I am a great actor. I once played a dead body on a soap opera. So I've a got dead this. Dead body? Yes. How did you hold your breath that long? Well, I I was once a scuba instructor. Tell you that. It all a comes full body? circle. Yes. Neb, as you're listening to everyone, some sort of whispers begin to emanate from that door as you stand next to it. Um, Just a little something underneath the chatter. Is it, um, am I hearing the sound of violins telling me there's a horror movie happening? Or is it an inviting <laughs> no. noise? Just, it is just, you know, And you right now are the only one who notices it. I'm gonna look over at Maeve. Mm -hmm. Have you pulled back out your tools? Uh, I have them in my hand, yeah, absolutely. And you know, they could hide cameras anywhere behind the mirrors. You could, they could be in the corners. You should make sure that you check every place you go. And we could get the tree but trunk to come over here and stand and then it'll probably obscure that's actually a really good idea. And I'm gonna walk up to Maeve and I'll yes. have one hand in my pocket and the other is just gonna very gently land on your shoulder and say, I'll, I'll help block in case there's a camera around. <laughs> and, and I'm just gonna be uh, idly turning over uh, something in my pocket as yes. I do that. Uh, so is, it, is she guided perchance? I'm just going to give her a little bit of support, you a know, an extra D4 on that. Fantastic. Just a little okay. extra D4 on that. Uh, so, right. yes, Maeve, as you pull out your fan, uh, your Allen wrench and your pocket knife, go ahead Silas and try does it. come up behind as yes. well and is like really looking intently. Okay. And he's, he, you know, everyone else, not Maeve, but everyone else can see that Silas is like, and then he stops and he's like, and he stops again, <laughs> and then, uh, and, and then, and then finally, he just says, uh, says, uh, like he, he sees it start happening, and uh, and he kind of pats on the shoulder, uh -huh. and uh, <laughs> just just trying trying to also uh, you know support, um, and and Why is honestly, everyone touching of, me? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I didn't mean it like that, but um, yeah. I, I'm I'm just impressed. Like I, I I haven't ever seen anybody do this except for on a youtube video um and so uh so yeah it's really impressive i had lots of calls to practice so okay uh so would you like me to is roll there it, or would you anything like, else it... happening besides the guidance i actually did roll it you did but... roll it okay so a there's D6. a d4 yep. and another d6, d6 as well okay so that's that would be a 30. a 30 <laughs> to open the door. As you slide your Allen wrench inside of the keyhole and then use your pocket knife to go on the side of the door, hoping maybe there's a slide latch you could kind of hold aside as you use it to push, you do hear a small click, but then the blade of your knife breaks and falls oh. to the ground. And with that, we will conclude this happens. chapter of oh. Children of Erte. Oh. And please, everyone at home. <laughs> you are so evil. <laughs>
please remember that life itself is the most wonderful fairy tale. Good night, everyone. Oh, good night. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Arte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.